Section twenty six of Christian Science by Mark Twain. Read by John Greenman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Appendix A Original First Preface to Science and Health. There seems a Christian necessity of learning God's power and purpose to heal both mind and body. This thought grew out of our early seeking Him in all our ways, and a hopeless as singular invalidism that drugs increased instead of diminished and hygiene benefited only for a season by degrees we have drifted into more spiritual latitudes of thought and experimented as we advanced until demonstrating fully the power of mind over the body about the year eighteen sixty two having heard of a mesmerist in portland who was treating the sick by manipulation we visited him he helped us for a time, then we relapsed somewhat. After his decease, and a severe casualty deemed fatal by skillful physicians, we discovered that the principle of all healing and the law that governs it is God, a divine principle, and a spiritual, not material law, and regained health. It was not an individual or mortal mind acting upon another so-called mind that healed us. It was the glorious truths of Christian science that we discovered as we neared that verge of so-called material life named death. Yea, it was the great Shekinah, the spirit of life, truth, and love illuminating our understanding of the action and might of omnipotence. The old gentleman to whom we have referred had some very advanced views on healing, but he was not avowedly religious, neither scholarly. We interchanged thoughts on the subject of healing the sick. I restored some patients of his that he failed to heal, and left in his possession some manuscripts of mine containing corrections of his desultory pennings, which I am informed at his decease passed into the hands of a patient of his now residing in Scotland. He died in 1865, and left no published works. The only manuscript that we ever held of his, longer than to correct it, was one of perhaps a dozen pages, most of which we had composed. He manipulated the sick, hence his ostensible method of healing was physical instead of mental. We helped him in the esteem of the public by our writings but never knew of his stating orally or in writing that he treated his patients mentally, never heard him give any directions to that effect, and have it from one of his patients, who now asserts that he was the founder of mental healing, that he never revealed to anyone his method. We refer to these facts simply to refute the calumnies and false claims of our enemies that we are preferring dishonest claims to the discovery and founding at this period of metaphysical healing or christian science the science and laws of a purely mental healing and their method of application through spiritual power alone else a mental argument against disease are our own discovery at this date true the principle is divine and eternal but the application of it to heal the sick had been lost sight of, and required to be again spiritually discerned, and its science discovered, that man might retain it through the understanding. Since our discovery in 1866 of the divine science of Christian healing, we have labored with tongue and pen 
to found this system. In this endeavor, every obstacle has been thrown in our path that the envy and revenge of a few disaffected students could devise. The superstition and ignorance of even this period have not failed to contribute their might towards misjudging us, while its Christian advancement and scientific research have helped sustain our feeble efforts. Since our first edition of Science and Health, published in 1875, two of the aforesaid students have plagiarized and pirated our works. In the issues of E.J.A., almost exclusively ours, were thirteen paragraphs, without credit, taken verbatim from our books. Not one of our printed works was ever copied or abstracted from the published or from the unpublished writings of anyone. Throughout our publications of metaphysical healing or Christian science, when writing or dictating them, we have given ourselves to contemplation wholly apart from the observation of the material senses. To look upon a copy would have distracted our thoughts from the subject before us. We were seldom able to copy our own compositions, and have employed an amanuensis for the last six years. Every work that we have had published has been extemporaneously written, and out of fifty lectures and sermons that we have delivered the last year, forty-four have been extemporaneous. We have distributed many of our unpublished manuscripts, loaned to one of our youngest students, R. K. Blank Y., between three and four hundred pages of which we were sole author, giving him liberty to copy but not to publish them. Leaning on the sustaining infinite with loving trust, the trials of today grow brief, and tomorrow is big with blessings. The wakeful shepherd, tending his flocks, beholds from the mountain's top the first faint morning beam, ere cometh the risen day. So from soul's loftier summits shines the pale star to prophet shepherd, and it traverses night over to where the young child lies in cradled obscurity that shall waken a world. Over the night of error dawn the morning beams and guiding star of truth, and the wise men are led by it to science, which repeats the eternal harmony that it reproduced in proof of immortality. The time for thinkers has come, and the time for revolutions ecclesiastical and civil must come. Truth, independent of doctrines or time-honored systems, stands at the threshold of history. Contentment with the past, or the cold conventionality of custom, may no longer shut the door on science, though empires fall. He whose right it is shall reign. Ignorance of God should no longer be the stepping-stone to faith understanding him, whom to know aright is life eternal, is the only guarantee of obedience. This volume may not open a new thought, and make it at once familiar. It has the sturdy task of a pioneer to hack away at the tall oaks and cut the rough granite, leaving future ages to declare what it has done. We made our first discovery of the adaptation of metaphysics to the treatment of disease in the winter of 1866. Since then we have tested the principle on ourselves and others, 
and never found it to fail to prove the statements herein made of it we must learn the science of life to reach the perfection of man to understand god as the principle of all being and to live in accordance with this principle is the science of life but to reproduce this harmony of being the error of personal sense must yield to science even as the science of music corrects tones caught from the ear and gives the sweet concord of sound there are many theories of physic and theology and many calls in each of their directions for the right way but we propose to settle the question of what is truth on the ground of proof and let that method of healing the sick and establishing christianity be adopted that is found to give the most health and to make the best christians science will then have a fair field in which case we are assured of its triumph over all opinions and beliefs sickness and sin have ever had their doctors but the question is have they become less because of them the longevity of our antediluvians would say no and the criminal records of today utter their voices little in favor of such a conclusion not that we would deny to caesar the things that are his but that we ask for the things that belong to truth and safely affirm from the demonstrations we have been able to make that the science of man understood would have eradicated sin sickness and death in a less period than six thousand years we find great difficulties in starting this work right some shockingly false claims are already made to a metaphysical practice mesmerism its very antipodes is one of them hitherto we have never in a single instance of our discovery found the slightest resemblance between mesmerism and metaphysics no especial idiosyncrasy is requisite to acquire a knowledge of metaphysical healing spiritual sense is more important to its discernment than the intellect and those who would learn this science without a high moral standard of thought and action will fail to understand it until they go up higher owing to our explanations constantly vibrating between the same points an irksome repetition of words must occur also the use of capital letters genders and technicalities peculiar to the science variety of language or beauty of diction must give place to close analysis and unembellished thought hoping all things enduring all things to do good to our enemies to bless them that curse us and to bear to the sorrowing and the sick consolation and healing we commit these pages to posterity mary baker g eddy end of section twenty six appendix a